0: Hello, welcome to Spotlight. A peek through the kaleidoscope to enjoy the myriad of arts on the island. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, the last in our little trilogy celebrating the Wurlitzer Organ in the Villa Arcade. A fascinating story of a lost character from St Mark's being championed in a new book and talk this coming weekend. And we're dragging things out. As we catch up with the island's vibrant drag scene and an upcoming concert this very weekend. As always, do get in touch with any creative, artistic endeavours you might be involved in, planning, hoping to create, or would really like to just put in the spotlight. Poetic, drag, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime. Just email me, usual place, spotlight at manxradio.com or direct howardcane at manxradio.com. I get them either way. To start this evening, a fascinating story about a character seemingly obscured from Manx history and his link with a particular Manx village. If I said John Thomas Clark to you, or John Louis Pettit, would you instantly say St Mark's? No, thought not. But one man who knows all about them and their place in history and is determined to try and secure
1: their place in local history is author Philip Mariano? Well, he was a remarkable man. Um, He was the chaplain of St. Mark's from uh, 1828 through to 1863. He completely transformed the village of St. Mark's so that we have now possibly one of the most beautiful villages on the Isle of Man, all created by him. Everybody who comes from that Uh, area whose ancestors come from that area will have interacted with him and yet what's amazing is that he's practically been wiped from the history books so that's what really got me interested and bothered though in fact I came into him because of my interest in Pettit who's uh, someone I've been working on for four or five years
0: and why do you think clark has disappeared from the was it is it just sort of the way that history goes sometimes some characters stay stay remembered forever and others just disappear into the annals
1: no i think that this was part accidental but part on purpose he left under a cloud exactly what that cloud is is not clear from the research that i've carried out but he was brilliant. The parishioners loved him. They did a celebration when he left for him in 1864, to which not one member of the clergy attended. A year later, the hierarchy holds a different celebration for the chap who had been there for a year And they attributed a lot of what Clark achieved to him, which is just simply not possible. Both parties publish uh, things in the newspaper. Um, Clearly, there's a 19th century fight going on. It's not the same as a 20th century or 21st century fight. It's a little bit more restrained, but still pretty strong. And... Subsequently, this young chap gets a plaque up in the church, which Clark doesn't. Clark gets a window, but it's invisible, the inscription to him. And nobody, when I went to visit St. Mark's, had heard about it, which is completely unfair. So um, it was not just an accident of history, there's something more going on there.
0: And you, you mentioned Pettit, his friend there as well, Jean-Louis Petit. So where does he come into the frames? He was designer, a painter. He, he did some really famous artworks and also seems to be responsible for a lot of the sort of architecture around the St. Mark's area.
1: Well, exactly. And no one knows that. In the register of buildings, it says that the designer is unknown. And we know that Clark didn't Uh, hire an architect because he left copious accounts and Pettit was there he's a by then 1840 he's a nationally famous architectural writer he is the leading opponent to the gothic revival of which there are very very few and he's also a modest reticent man He's been supporting Clark for the past 10 years. He visits Clark when the designs are being prepared. It is inconceivable to me that he is not partly responsible for the design of the uh, schoolhouse, the belfry, which altered the chapel, and the almshouses. And that's what makes St. Mark's the unique and beautiful place that it is. And it helps to know who was the architect. And the thing that is amazing, the register of buildings says possibly Moorish influence, which frankly is simply not true. It is just a beautiful Victorian modern architecture with traditional elements, which is exactly what Pettit was uh, advocating. And to know this, I think, makes it all more um valuable, more interesting, mm-hmm. and makes what Clark did more com- comprehensible.
0: It's a fascinating little story. So are you hoping then through the publication of this book and your, your forthcoming talk, which we'll mention in a moment, is the idea to try and sort of rectify this omission of history? And uh, I see you're hoping maybe to get some sort of permanent memorial or interpretation board maybe in or around the St Mark's environs to, to try and rectify this.
1: Exactly. That is my dream. I don't care at all about the books, or the talk, or how many people come. But if we could just get a memorial board, then I think Clark gets what he deserves, what his parishioners wanted. Mm -hmm. They started a movement to try and get him a memorial plaque or something. And we end up with this tiny little plaque which just says, to the stonework of the east window, I have never heard of such a ridiculous plaque in all of my work anywhere. And that's all that the parishioners got for their lobbying and efforts in 1899. And. I think that a board would be a tremendous asset for visitors and the community, with the understanding, the history, and recognition for the great work that this man did. So, uh, both petit. Sorry, I
0: was only going to say, do you, do you think there's any chance then? Have you had any discussions, or is there any interest among the sub-local sort of, commissioners and authorities on the island of of doing something along these lines?
1: Well, so far, I've been. I wouldn't say banging my head against a brick wall, Mm. but um, I haven't had the wholehearted response that I would have liked. And so far, some of the learned societies have said, well, they don't support boards because they wouldn't know where to stop. So at the moment, I don't have a locus that obviously as an outsider, I can't do anything, but I would love anybody to come forward and do a crowdfunding and uh, I'm sure there would be a lot of support because this is something that as soon as I can get in front of someone and explain the story they say oh yes how how nice but I don't yet have the locus of responsibility that would carry it uh, through. So
0: If you want to find out more, obviously there is the book uh, which is out. It's available on Amazon. I think you can get it from the Bridge Bookshop and uh, and probably other booksellers as well, but it is available. Also, um, nothing better than hearing from the man himself, you will be giving a talk here on the island on the 25th. Is that open to all?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, It follows, there's a celebration of St Mark's 250th anniversary, um, which is this year. And the bishop is kindly coming along to either lead or uh, participate in a service at two o'clock. Followed by that, everyone will get a cup of tea. And then um, I will give my talk in the schoolhouse that Clark and Pettit built, which for me is um, a great honor and privilege. And I'm delighted to be able to do that. And I will recount the story in more detail following that at three o'clock.
0: I love these stories of lost characters from the island's past. Do get to the talk if you can, 3pm at the Schoolhouse St Mark's. Philip will be there with his book. I'm sure he'll sign it if you ask. Or, of course, you can get it from the Bridge Bookshop or online. Spotlight, brought to you by the Island Man Arts Council. Now, more organ talk. Stop it. We've been hearing from Wurlitzer Supremo Keith Simpson as we launch into this summer's series of organ concerts at the Villa Arcade with the wonderful Wurlitzer. But before he told us more about just who would be flying the console in the coming weeks, I suggested this to him. We're sitting right next to the organ. We've got the place to ourselves. Uh, We've got a wonderful player in yourself here. Can you demonstrate a few of the sounds then that uh, you might be able to hear or that the Wurlitzer can or is famous for producing? Because it is an orchestra in itself in so many ways. So... Perhaps we could just have a, a small demo of a couple of the sounds it can do.
2: Yeah, sure. It's, um, it's a, a, a very uh, very able organ, if you like. Of uh, course, most organs can play just like a, a, a church organ with the hymn-type sounds. Um, we, we'd expect it to be able to do that. But this one just does so much more. <laughs> so, if you like, we've got um, something like uh, moon, moon River, I suppose you probably know this tune. Indeed. Just sounds so much nicer on this type of organ. <laughs> sort of like a so glockenspiel sound there at the back yeah yeah there are plenty of sounds like the um, that that was actually called sleigh bells oh, um, a bell them, yeah okay. this one's a Glocka, glockenspiel here oh yes and then another sound one of the loudest sounds of all which could be heard from the prom, (laughs) uh, if you're ready for this, is uh, the chimes, it has chimes here, which would uh, put Big Ben to shame. (laughs) Are you ready? Here we go.
0: (laughs) Spectacular. Spectacular. Some wonderful sounds there from the Wurlitzer organ here in the Villa Arcade and of course capable of so much more when you've got a, a fine organist like Keith or many of the others who are coming across because if I just grab my sheet there is a whole list of fantastic organists coming up for the summer concerts uh, which will be
2: here um, at lunchtime. Uh, anyone can drop in. The Wednesday concerts uh, start in fall. I, I start the first one off on the 29th of June. Um, all these concerts are at one o'clock and they're all free concerts. And they're every Wednesday then, from the 29th of June right through until the 31st of August. August. And there's a real mixture as well, because as you say, you've got some professional Augusts coming over. Also, some names well known on the Isle of Man, the likes of, I'm looking down the list, John Riley and uh, Gareth Moore, of course. Yes, that's right Howard, yes. Yeah, we've managed to get a, a really good mix, as you say, of um, uh, organists from here uh, on, on the island um, and organists from across in the UK. Uh, the organist from the island, apart from myself, well, we've got John Riley, who's MBE now, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, He's the organist of my own church at St Matthews in Douglas. Uh, I often deputise for him there, like I am doing next Sunday. Um, we've also got uh, Dr Peter Lipman. He's the organist at uh, Peel Cathedral, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, he's doing the 24th of August, Uh, Gareth Moore as you say, he's the organist of Trinity Methodist uh, the 10th of August and we've got uh, Sarah Goldsmith, Um, Sarah has a Hammond organ at home, she lives in um, uh, Colby and she's a great help to me in organising these concerts, she's one of the friends of the Isle of Man, uh, and we've also got uh, Real legend on the island, Margaret cubbin is probably the most experienced organist on the Isle of Man. She's been playing for decades and she's probably covered most of the uh, most of the hotels in, in Douglas now where she's played electronic organ. For many, many years. I think everybody in Douglas uh, knows uh, Margaret Cobb, and she's doing the the 31st of August. Well worth coming to, they're semi-professional organists, they're all doing it free of charge, they're not charging for coming over to the Isle of Man and doing these concerts, and all the concerts raise money for local charities. Last year we managed to raise over £1,200. Absolutely terrific. Can you play us out with a little
0: bit of something? Get yourselves down to the Villa Arcade this summer, check out the Wurlitzer organ and these wonderful free concerts, you can bring your sandwich in here, have your lunch and get some music, raise money for a good cause at the same time. What a fantastic sound. Do try and sample at least one of the concerts. A free musical lunch, all raising money for a good cause. What's not to like? Speaking of which, if you like your entertainment loud, proud and full of life, I've got just the thing for you this coming weekend in what I reckon is the world's first link between the Willitzer organ and drag queens. I'll let Manx Bard Owen Atkinson, a.k.a. Fenella Beach, explain more.
3: So, yes, yeah, so this weekend on Saturday, we've got a show coming up at the Outback, kind of in celebration of Pride Month. Um, we're doing a show. We're calling it Absolutely Dragulus. Great pun name. We love a pun Good name. name. Good name yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's Vita Lefius, uh, me, Fenella Beach, Mathia, and uh, Nona Binary, the four of us. Um, known as the House of Hearts. We've kind of got our, our own little group name going on now, which is fun. Um, and yeah, we're putting on a show um, on Saturday. We're starting at 10, and it's just going to be. Um, a whole lot of camp fun, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what sort of format is it taking? Is it sort of individual acts or is it all going to be sort of a, a melange of the, the four or five of you all working together? Or
3: um, I think a melange is a good mm. word to describe. Yeah, so there's lots of um, group numbers, uh, duets, individuals. It's kind of every iteration of the four of us that you could think of is probably going to be up there at some point. So, um, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, lots, lots of different stuff going on. Live vocals, dance, um, lip sync, all of the above. OK.
0: Now, if, if someone hasn't been to a sort of an evening like this before a drag evening, what would you say to sort of tempt them along?
3: Um, I would say that just come in with an open mind because it's there will always be something. All four of us are so different, right? Each one of us has such different um, performance styles. That even if you think perhaps you've never been to a drag show and you don't know what to expect, um, there will be lots kind of on offer and something for everybody um there's kind of more emotional moments there's more dramatic moments there's more exciting moments and it's just I think drag encompasses so many different performing arts right it encompasses so much so much so many different aspects of creativity that it, it really is it can be enjoyed um by everyone because it's just there's always just it's always just exciting and there's always so much to see um visually Uh, there's just so much going on and um, we will entertain you, I can promise that. (laughs) And would you
0: say it's suitable for, for, um, you mentioned open minds there, but would you say it's suitable for anyone, all age groups?
3: Um, Yeah, so this drag as a concept, absolutely, absolutely. is suitable for everybody like for example um we're organizing ourselves together for pride in august and that is a completely open event um and that can be open to absolutely everybody um anyone um, families kids can come along and watch obviously this one is at a nightlife venue so that'll be 18 plus mm-hmm. um so it might be a little bit um riskier in some areas um but drag absolutely can be for for any age group depending on the show for sure yeah
0: and it's a strong link there all seems to be a very strong link doesn't there, between this sort of the drag scene and the burlesque scene
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of we all cross over and um, yeah, I've I've done loads of shows with um, Queens and Tassels. It's kind of the group that um, the group, the kind of the burlesque group over here, mostly uh, Miss Dee or Rachel, uh, as people know her. Um, we've done loads of shows together. And um, yeah, there's so much crossover. I obviously as the Manx Bard, I cross over into poetry with it as well. Um, so all of the um, yeah, it's all just performance at the end of the day. It's all just expression, creativity. And joy, really. <laughs>
0: it's is, it is a celebration of life in many ways, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it's all about. I had a question from someone the other day that said,
3: is drag camp or not? Is, it, is, is drag camp or is camp drag or are the two separate? That is a great question. I love that question. Um, this show on Saturday will certainly be camp because it's pride-themed and because of who we are as performers. I don't think drag necessarily has to be camp, but I think... Let's say it probably will be. (laughs) I think that's probably a good answer. Um, Some people, you know, some drag queens can be very... um, You can have performances that are serious and that are um, emotional or that are um, dramatic in a way that isn't camp. But I think generally, yes, it probably is camp. And certainly with the four of us, it's going to be.
0: (laughs) And what do you think is driving the sort of... Because it does seem to be an ever-expanding and sort of more colourful, louder camper, bigger drag scene on the island what what do you think sort of driving that
3: yeah i think to be honest it's i mean people were made aware of drag kind of globally obviously by rupaul's drag race and kind of that enhanced Mm. tv exposure right um but then also i think the four of us and not just the four of us there are other drag performers on the island but people kind of um going out and organizing their own stuff right so Vida gave me um some of my first opportunities to perform over here I've organized shows since then we've all kind of been involved in the organization of stuff so I think individual drive is a big part of it as well we just have so much fun doing it that we just think let's make more and more and more so um yeah I think it's all uh, yeah maybe perhaps I'll, I'll credit our whole group with um with bringing it up into the um kind of into more spaces on the Isle of Man. But I think people are just more aware of drag in general now with the internet, with social media, people have access to everything, right? And people know how much um, is out there and when you can see it in person all the better <laughs> totally I mean I think you do have to see
0: it in person that's the whole thing isn't it to get the whole sort of the color the, the, the sort of the loudness the color the brashness absolutely it's it's what it's all about let's just name check a couple of the others because obviously yourself another Beach well-known Vida very well-known possibly the best-known uh, drag on on the island uh, can we name check a couple of others perhaps not quite as well known or not so much in the public consciousness
3: um, Yeah. so actually I've been getting the lineup together for Isle of Pride because um, uh, I'm involved in the organization of that as well so I can go through pretty much um all of us there's um nona binary who will be in this show on saturday as well um and mathia i, am I allowed... it's, it's not really her, her drag name is mathia lahore but it's, she it. doesn't it I, yeah. I can say that um, <laughs> but it, it's it's sometimes she just goes by the first name if um if perhaps the audience isn't <laughs> all adults, um, yeah. Um, so there's there's the two of them um, who are involved in this show. There is the island's first drag king, Vincent Finery, um, who's been involved with shows with us before. Who's going to be in Pride? There's even um, Harley, who's um, the island's kind of teen drag queen. Um, she's been out there doing a couple of little shows here and there. She was on the stage at Pride last year, um, so that's very exciting. Um, there's and there's some kind of up and coming. Um, drag artists over here as well um, uh, on my Thursday night shows so I do shows every Thursday at Roxy's at the moment and um, I get people asking me can I come and perform and it'll often be um, for the first time as well so there's there's lots there's this um, this new queen called Lady Isabella um, there's another queen I know here called um, Leila LaRue who's been who's been across in Blackpool who's just come back in the last few years to perform um, yeah there's many of us and we're all um, out there bringing um, the shows
0: <laughs> terrific bigger and better all the time yes. always burgeoning <laughs> onwards and upwards as they say just to remind us again date, time, place and where do people get tickets for this weekend
3: um, so Saturday night 10pm at the Outback you can get tickets from the Outback box office um, or on the door lovely be there or be square absolutely
0: <laughs> this has to be the most lively night out in town this weekend what would your drag name be? I think I'd settle for Seedy Gusset Christy apparently would be Rusty Bear do drop me a line. Before I go, a quick note. This Friday, that's the 24th, Ramsey Music Society concert has had to change, but it is going ahead. Uh, sadly, the cellist Marie-Stephanie uh, Duma has had to cancel due to family illness. But happily, in lightning fast time, she's been replaced by international pianist Russell Medley, who would be playing individually and also duets with RMS's own in-house concert pianist Olga Egget. Same time and place for the concert, Ramsey Grammar School West, 7.30 pm. Tickets just 12 quid. Students and children amazingly free. That's about it for this weekend. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com and download the Spotlight Podcast. Listen at your leisure. Enjoy whatever you're up to this weekend. Keep it creative, and I'll see you next week. Cheerio.